Welcome to It's Never Boring with Kaylee Loring, a special series from the Audiobook Lovin' Podcast, where author Kaylee Loring sits down and chats about all sorts of things with the narrators of her audiobooks. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the chaos. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Season 2, Episode 13 of the Audiobook Lovin' Podcast. Today is the first official episode of the It's Never Boring with Kaylee Loring. Today's Kaylee's... Stop laughing. See, who's already starting. Today's guest, uh, Kaylee's guest, is narrator Zachary Weber. And we have a couple of questions that Kaylee's doing, and then we have some questions that fans and readers from Kaylee... Kayleeville, which is Kaylee Reader Group, and Zach's audio crew, which is his official fan group, have submitted. So Kaylee, go on, take it away. Uh, well, Zach, thank you so much for giving us a moment of your time in this very busy portion of your splendid life. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate I appreciate I didn't have to harass or berate you too much to get you to schedule this because it could have been so much worse. I only had to call you a little turd once. Yeah, and it worked. Which is and it worked. You got right on it. Oh, yeah. And so hopefully more okay. than just one moment, a series of moments in which we talk about. I, I mean, I'm terrified of what you're going to do to me today. And that's good. a good, good sign. That's the vibe I'm trying to set here. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to scare people. Cool. It's working already. You, you actually are very busy, like right now. Like, did you want to talk about the big project that you have coming at this exact moment? Yes. This week? Yeah. Um, yeah. I, at the end of the week, I'm starting the new uh, book in the 50 Shades series that's from Christian Gray's perspective. Everybody always knows this, but I feel I have to explain the whole thing. Freed uh, by E.L. James. <laughs> um, I, I've been waiting, uh, I think, three, three years amidst probably a thousand people asking me like are you gonna do it like well i did i did the other two it would be cruel if i didn't do this one but then again it had been three years so i was like okay i guess i have to worry but then there was nothing to worry about and uh well because she hadn't written it right (laughs) there's that issue too right but that just gave everybody enough time to be like are you gonna do it and i question uh-huh. whether or not I was going to do it, even though I was pretty sure I was going to do it. She's my friend and she's probably going to cast me again. So yeah, that's starting this week. It's a long book. Yeah. So do you have to listen to some of your narration of like gray and darker to get back in that headspace and find that very specific rhythm and cadence of Christian gray, or are you just jumping in and getting a feel for the new book? Um, well, this is a double-edged sword. I feel like he lives within me. Um, but also, (laughs) but also I'm going to listen to it. Um, I, Oh, you are. I mean, not like probably not fully, but I'll certainly uh, do the audiobook version of skimming, whatever that is, because I don't really listen to audiobooks that much. Um, but I'll just find some, you know, key chapters maybe, and just, uh, just get the tone. Um, yeah. Yeah. Do you think your voice has changed? Over the year, like obviously your skills have evolved. I know my voice. Are you going to try to? What does that mean? (laughs) Um, (laughs) I know my. You tell me the tone that she took that question (laughs) in. It's just the tone that she said it. You know. (laughs) I know my voice. (laughs) I know my voice has changed because, like, if I I have like listened to Gray a little bit, I go back and I definitely sound younger. Hopefully, in the scale of the amount of time that passes in the story, it makes sense for him to sound six years younger or whatever. Um, I can't remember how much time passes from beginning to end of that series. 
okay. But uh, yeah, I definitely sound younger. Um, I definitely am not as proud of that work. I still think darker is pretty great. Um, I think I really sunk my teeth into what it means to narrate an audiobook by 2018, but in 2015, I was still very, very new at it. So it was um, not bad, but it was certainly like a little monotone, a little not, you know, I don't know. I didn't that on a technical basis, but more so I just didn't, I don't think I really understood like how to just sit there and tell a whole story for a while, you know? Uh, sure. Was, yeah. That's interesting. Cause I actually was wondering if the monotone was a choice. It was, there was a character. bit of it. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Cause he's, you know, he's a, he's very obviously dark. Um, uh, to me, scary man. Um, having played him, I feel like yeah. I can say he's, you know, it's, it's somewhat sociopathic behavior. It's done out of love. He doesn't understand how to love. So that's how he acts. Um, and right. for that reason, I think, and because of, you know, uh, the trajectory of his career path, obviously there's like that kind of person is not going to reveal themselves period most of the mm -hmm. time. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. So, you know, I think it, it plays well, but also like there are intricacies that I think I know how to pick up on now that I did not then. So you're right. I wasn't talented then. And I am now. That is not what I meant. <laughs> <laughs> and he brings it full circle. Uh, sorry. Are you uh, happy there, Kaylee? Are you happy? It's no. I mean, it's. I mean, my I'm I'm I, my skills have evolved. I've been writing these books for three years now, and I I'm too scared to even look at the first book that I ever wrote, or even the books that I wrote in the first year so i mean i don't mean that as an insult like you no, weren't anyway. good before i mean we all get better as we go so that's what i meant absolutely i, I i'm obviously also kidding i don't think you're, you're are you yeah <laughs> um yeah so for people who listened to my first interview with viv last year they might remember that when i was talking about the audiobook for troublemaker um, I had mentioned listening to your interview with Viv earlier that year mm -hmm. and how it kind of inspired the way I wrote the character of Alex Vega for you because I was so moved by certain things you said and just how like open and forthcoming you were and um, just your whole vibe and I just and that I just like wanted to give you a hug and the HEA that you deserve and that writing the novel ended up being my way of doing that and uh, they might be interested to know that Viv actually sent you the clip of me talking about you, which I didn't know until you told me, <laughs> which is fucking awesome. Thanks, Viv. Love you. <laughs> well, I mean, there's no injury there. It was you said such nice things, and it, yeah. I I find myself needing an ego boost once a week. You need the validation. Least. Yeah, certainly. So <laughs> it it was it was really really nice to hear you say all that. Well. I'm glad. Um, yeah. So anyways, there's a nice symmetry to having this opportunity for us to talk on here yeah. now instead of our little chats on Instagram. Yes. Totally random Instagram Our chats. little furious nail biters. I think they're exciting. <laughs> <laughs> You're on the attack. Do you? Let's just say that. Let's just say <laughs> You're usually on the attack. And that's okay uh, because it keeps me on my toes. Because usually I'm not on my toes because I like sitting down. Um, 
Yeah, because you have trouble with your stool. Right. As was mentioned before. <laughs> it's a callback that the listeners aren't going to understand. They're not waiting for it. Okay. We'll see, Viv. Now you're going to have to go back and add that stuff in. Yeah. Uh, well, this is what we'll we see. did the last time. Oh, my God. Yeah. Connor McKenzie. Yeah, well, it's the same thing. Like when we we're talking, and then you were bringing Zach up, and how you were going, "Oh, he's so great," and all this accolade and stuff. That's what the reason why I shared it with with Zach is. The narrators don't get to hear a lot of this stuff because obviously I know they're busy; they're not listening to the uh, you know to my podcast, yeah, and, and stuff like that. And so I know that they're so isolated. Why not give them a little bit like loving, you know? Yeah, like, and you had asked like if you know if or why I didn't tell him directly and it was because at that point Zach and I were just starting heading on Instagram and I didn't want to send this like huge block of text to him about <laughs> all my feelings about how why I wrote it the way I did and all that kind of stuff because mm -hmm. I kind of basically I loved hearing the audiobook so much that I could only communicate my feelings in emojis at that point <laughs> <laughs> it was just like a series of emoji conversations <laughs> so stupid yeah oh, but anyways. the early days huh um but yeah i wanted to say like and i've only expressed this to you privately but i feel like it should be public it's like i have only done i don't even think a handful of books that are set in a place that i've lived exactly like anytime i do a book that's set in new york it's always manhattan and i'm always <laughs> like i kind of know that but really i don't because i was a poor child when i lived in manhattan so i didn't have like the manhattan experience that a lot of these characters have um but now i live in the exact neighborhoods that you describe in your book and so it was very easy to fall into um you know the rhythm of it so i uh i also appreciate you for that there you go you're welcome well like i told you that was also the uh, neighborhood that i lived in yeah. um for quite a while. And so it was kind of funny to know that you had actually been to certain locations yeah. <laughs> quite frequently yeah. that I wrote about in that book. Yeah. It's kind of cool. Um, but anyway, so I guess, should I talk about like who Zach is? I mean, I know everybody probably knows, but Zach is, for those of you who don't know, one of the most prolific and for sure, beloved romance narrators out there, and certainly one of the most interactive on social media. And you are also an actor in TV and film and sketch comedy. And you're a singer slash musician with a band called Night Darling. And you're writing a book now. We can talk about all this stuff later. But on Instagram, you are kind of like always there, entertaining and educating and starting conversations. And you're just, really awesome to follow. And I just watched your IG story impressions from yesterday, which were crazy and awesome. And I'm guessing the extra strength Tylenol really worked for you. <laughs> yeah. uh, the, sick, the sickness, like the sick feeling has worn off. I just feel like I'm in a haze now and I, nice. some sort of energy coming out of it. And it feels good to have done that weird cathartic IG experience. It was very, very amusing, and people mm -hmm. seem to be loving it. They're talking about it on Facebook. They're talking about your Instagram on Facebook. Facebook. That's and, on Twitter. and on Emotion. Twitter. And on Twitter. And by the way, do you have a cat now? I have a cat now. Her name is Turkey. She's, I love that. she's adorable mm -hmm. and a she's so cute. fucking psycho. Um, she 
Perfect. She, she's just, you know, she's a regular cat in a lot of ways. She just wants, she's three. She wants, still wants to play and she doesn't yeah. need too much. She's a little picky about food, but she, it took like a, a week or two of getting used to being here, just being in a new place by herself uh, or with me as opposed to like, she was in a shelter. So she was with like yeah. all kinds of other animals. Um, but she, the first week she like I was petting her and it was I, I felt like the moment of like, oh, my God, I really have a, an animal. There's a soul in my home outside yeah. of me now. Um, and I was like just petting her. And then I stopped for one second and she hooked into my right forearm. And I was yes. like, no, no, no. Like I, had to, <laughs> I, I crescendoed no and like didn't like thrash around or anything. But she stayed hooked her things in my arm and um wow. there's been a like a bit of a learning curve she loves there <laughs> she's just i think she's just you know she was still in a state of confusion she wanted to be pet but then she didn't want to you know uh, she just, still doesn't really know who i am so you know it's going well i don't know if you this, so, this sounds like me in the beginning of a relationship by the way that's like two a t sounds Um, yeah. So anyways, you're, you're a very active person and I like, I'm tired just from listing all of those things, but I'm so curious, like you seem to, you seem like an extrovert, but are you actually an introvert? Cause I know you talk about being nervous in public speaking and stuff like that, but you're always doing it. And that's very impressive to me. Yeah. I mean, I think the internet, uh, allows for a person to, uh, appear a certain way. Um, I am, I, I, I I don't know. I, I basically, I grew up relatively, I had a relatively sheltered life, um, before I started doing theater on stage. Like I didn't, I can safely say I was an introvert before that happened. And then I think I just wanted to express myself in that way. Like I was always silly. So I wanted to be silly for a lot of people and have people like me. Professionally silly. Fifteen, yeah, and you know, I think uh, it just, yeah, I, I don't, I don't like, I don't like talking as myself in front of people. God forbid, like I just (laughs) that terrifies me. So I think that that sort of showcases the fact that I, I think I really am an introvert. But like most people that know me would heartily disagree because it's not really how I act around people that I'm close to. I don't yeah. know. I still don't know the answer to that question. Well, is it draining for you? Like after you've been with people, do you need to recover? Because that's how I am. Only if it doesn't means- go really well. Okay. <laughs> only if, like, I, <laughs> Which only, is rare, I'm sure. I mean, sort of. I Only if like I haven't made like solid friends who think I'm funny out of the strangers in the room and my own friend. <laughs> Are like, oh yeah, what a guy! <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you know, I don't know. As long as if if there's not a solid social foundation that I think is already there, then <laughs> then I then I have to go away into my hovel. So anything less than like mild appreciation to a standing ovation, and you have to go home and like right over from yeah. that. My cat got out of my room. Oh my god. (laughs) This is insane. Um you might start meowing at some point. (laughs) Can you hear it? Is it really loud? Oh my god. (laughs) Let me know if you want me to put him back in the room if this is too distracting. Like I I don't care. 
He's never good. Um, anyway, so what this is actually a perfect lead into what I wanted to say is that like I, I always prefer to cast narrators that have some training and experience in acting in theater. So like, what is your background? You studied in New York and that was when you were a teenager? Like, was that a summer thing or did you do that for college too? I was first and I was an orchestra nerd. Well, actually, no, I started as a, I started as an art class nerd. Like I wanted to, oh. I had so many bad teachers. Here's the thing. I, <laughs> I, I was in, I loved art because I, was something I could do on my own and I was often alone. Yeah. And then orchestra was my first really actual foray into like performance of any kind. Um, and I, violin? Yeah. Is that when you started violin? Yeah, in fifth grade. And then I, was, I felt pretty, I, I was pretty skilled, I would say, for someone who started a little bit later than other kids, but I also mm-hmm. wasn't amazing and I didn't practice. So once theater came around in high school, I was like, oh, that's way more immediately gratifying. <laughs> in this and i don't have to play do the same thing as everyone else i can do something different every time so i did that um and then i went to a summer theater program at nyu uh after my junior year of high school for did you have to in um audition yeah it was no it was really just an application um i i don't really i i think yeah i don't we didn't have to tape anything or anything like that um, because that was like the pre the days of like sending in taped auditions and stuff, mm-hmm. um, at least for high school students. And then, uh, yeah, I think like going, that was my first time in New York and my parents didn't even come with me. I was just by myself. I was pretty Where did you stay? Terrified. We stayed in the dorms. We, there was, it's like a, oh, at NYU. like an all encompassing, like basically college experience. And they basically just want to convince you to come to NYU and it totally worked. Um, okay. And, so you did? Yeah. Did you study at NYU? Yeah, oh. and then I ended up going to NYU a year after. I studied at that little program at, at the Experimental Theater Wing. There are a bunch of different studios in the drama program at NYU, and then I ended up going and studying there again when I went to oh. Um And I also studied at the Classical Studio, which is a Shakespeare-based um, uh, studio there. And uh, Oh, you did? Yeah. So I have a bit of a range so a very... between the avant-garde and the classics. Um, yeah. And then you had like the technique kind of workshops. Like, mm-hmm. did you learn like vocal? There was, technique? yeah, it was, it was a very, it was, it was a varied uh, sort of thing. Cause like in, in the experimental theater wing, everything is like very, uh, I don't know how to, I don't know what word would be right. It's, it's a, uh, it's very like, guttural childlike stuff where you just are like sort of opening your guts and like the voice voice classes there are like a lot of yelling and just releasing and screaming and stuff Um, but learning to do it without hurting yourself Um, and I think that was the main goal there and then like there was more refining stuff the Alexander technique um, and breathing in both ways Uh, but that stuff in you know in, in, in the classical studio um, and movement too, right? Like tons of movement. I mean, we had to take loads of dance classes. Half of them that I really didn't want to <laughs> at a criminal theater wing. I just was like, I'm not a ballet dancer. I'm not really even a dancer. So just let me do the really? stuff where you just wander around the room and do and you know act goofy in a postmodern way. Um, Which I feel like is what you do on Instagram most of the time. Absolutely. <laughs> I am postmodern. I feel like most things I do are postmodern. Uh, yeah. But the 
but the, there was no structure behind it, which was good because I needed that. Yeah. Well, so like, and then did you ever actually perform in live theater just like off, off Broadway or anything like that? Yeah. Or was it all within the college context? You did like what place, what kind of place did you do? Um, I think like I didn't do much cause I, cause I moved, uh, cause I moved, sorry. <laughs> I didn't do much cause I moved right after college. Um, but I did this one play at Harlem School of the Arts that was called Bintu, and it was by a, a, a writer from the Ivory Coast. Um, I can't remember the playwright's name. It was a long time ago, but um, it was a really cool experience because it was like in a historically black place, and it was a an almost entirely black play, and like it was just mm -hmm. a very full experience for me to, you know, to be. Uh, ingrained in a situation like that and have and have a real appreciation for it um uh and like i i th like really it was really really good in-depth content too like it was a very it was a play was about it political it sounds highly it was very feminist it's about a little girl who's like 15 who leads a gang of like boys that are older than her that was her boyfriend <laughs> and Oh, cool. It was extremely violent. There was tons of onstage fights and like, it was just super fucking cool. Um, that was like probably awesome. the most pro play that I did in New York when I was there. And then I auditioned, I started auditioning for like, like going to cattle calls for musicals and stuff like spring awakening. I almost got like, into the, I was very like fun. the big famous production that everybody. No, no, that, that was like okay. before <laughs> my time that happened like when I arrived in New York, I think, but then okay. this was like a, the, the national tour I auditioned for and uh, got pretty okay. close. And then I was like, I guess I'll leave New York. I don't have any money. <laughs> <laughs> and then you went back to Texas or you went to LA. I went to LA for a month and with $0, no car, uh, no friends and adventurous and a pain in my heart. And then I left, <laughs> I left a month later, um, wasn't even able to pay my rent for the room that I shared with a guy. He probably lived against me. And then I, <laughs> I lived at home and worked at a bar and a restaurant for like eight or nine months. And then I came out to LA and shot a movie. And then I was like, Oh, that's incentive enough. I saved up enough to come out and, you know, living in a, you had a plan this apartment time. Hmm? you had a plan this time but you've been there since then yeah that's and as of what's today as of three days ago it was nine years ago wow yeah Oof. <laughs> congratulations <laughs> thank you so much <laughs> no it's great i mean you know i spent most of my adult life in la before i moved here like three. yeah years ago and i actually i really i do miss it i mean i i think i'm really glad that i'm i'm really glad that i've been here for the last year like, yeah. i think la is probably oh one of the worst places to be in a pandemic but um it's very rural you where know. you are it's not rural it, it's i i'm living in a suburb for the first time in my life so i there's a lot of space it's very quiet i sort of when i was like looking at real estate and still living in LA, I was just like, well, you know, here's my budget. And I told my realtor, I was like, you know, wherever I end up, I want to like the house. And if I end up in Portland, then, you know, like I'll have a really fun life and go to a bunch of great restaurants and hang out with cool people. If I end up in Vancouver, then I'll probably just get a lot of writing done. And <laughs> guess what? Yeah. I've gotten nothing, nothing but writing done. <laughs> That's cool. <clears throat> 
yeah but you know it went from being you know i lived in that neighborhood and in like kind of northeast hipster la where i would just walk out and um you know there's all these great restaurants like a block away and oh michael sarah's walking by my house that's cool and here i'm like why is somebody parking in front of my house <laughs> like it's just so okay so as soon as you move to the suburbs you become an envy i totally did i don't I blame you i probably would too so yeah get off my lawn yeah. Oh, that's the worst. There's somebody <laughs> in the neighborhood who smokes when they go for a walk and they always drop their butts. Oh, the, the worst is when people are walking their dogs and don't pick up after their dogs in front no, of them. That's illegal. Yeah. Well, is it? I, I, I might have just made that up, but I'm sure they'll get a citation. <laughs> it should be. <sighs> yeah. I'll go out there saying Kaylee said if she should not be doing that and it's illegal. <laughs> You can put a well, sign the way, on your lawn that says KD says. Fly from Florida to Washington and say, Hey, local police in Vancouver. Kaylee said a guy smoked a cigarette and put it out in his dog's shit. So you better <laughs> get just, on That's the side. most disgusting image. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> wow. <clears throat> so thank you for that. You're um, but you, you're so open and forthcoming and raw and spontaneous. And I really admire that about you. And I've actually, I've actually known more actors than like any other type of human in my life. And I, I love hanging out with actors because, you know, I'm a good engaging audience for them. Like clearly you and I just get along so well because <laughs> I, I make you feel great about yourself all the time. Um, but it's also because I'm so fascinated by like how good actors are at knowing and communicating how they feel and what they want and how to try to get it like even in the moment and because that's something that i've always struggled with personally and you know there's kind of a situation in my life right now where i i'm kind of being forced to get better at it mm. but i guess like i want to know like is that something that you've always been good at or is that from the training as an actor and a lot of therapy or all of above like mm. why are you like this <laughs> <laughs> Um, I, I, hmm, I, why am I like this? I, I um, have spent the majority of my life in a state of terror um, about how I'm perceived and whether or not I matter. Um, and recently dissociating from that or having accepted that it's true, disassociating from that has been one of the greater benefits of my life. But the first thing that needed to happen was I needed to both pump uh, like some juice into my ego and also get slapped in the face with reality at the same time. And that has been like the second major um uh, page in in my life because the first being like that i just i didn't know i i did not know how to talk to anyone i was really shy when i was a kid yeah i didn't oh, terrified okay utterly terrified um i don't i and that goes back to i really don't know why my parents were alarmed when i wanted <laughs> when i suddenly transitioned into wanting to be in plays on stage now granted every time i've ever gone on stage i want to throw up before but for wow. some reason, I think there's it just validates that, that I get flying fuck about it every time. 
Um, yeah. You know, I want I want a performance to be good, but I yes, it's it's taken. Uh, there's been a, a lot of periods of confusing <laughs> growth um, where I like just accept that this is the way it is, and like I don't the my neighbor is laughing so hard. Can you hear that? No. no. Okay. <laughs> okay. Oh, that's the voice in my head. Anyway. Um, <laughs> or the ghost. I was going to say, or the ghost again. Yeah. Right? I'll have our ghosts. Anyway, um, this is a long winding way of saying, uh, yeah, I, I needed, I needed to do a lot of uh, soul searching and, and healing and therapy was definitely a big part of that. But I, you know, I think I, I think it was in me always to want to like express myself in many ways. Mm-hmm. Um, I just had to like find, I think I'm really now finally hitting the source of like, Oh no, no, I need to communicate ideas mm-hmm. to people that I care about. It's not just about being up there or doing it. It's because you want you want to someone's mind to open up. Um, and I hadn't always done that. It was more like you could sort of rest on the laurels of being entertaining. And I don't want to just be entertaining mm-hmm. anymore. I want to, you know, provoke thought. Well, I'm even more impressed now. That's good for you. Thank you. <laughs> no, really, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's really, 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 I mean, it's hard. It's so fucking hard. And you just jumped in and faced it. Yeah. It's a big deal. Um, well, so, so you've narrated, narrated one of my books so far. I have you booked for something else later this year, which you might not remember, but so <laughs> trouble in troublemaker, what I'm getting at is it's a single dad story and the sun writer is seven mm. and your voice for him was so cute mm. and perfect. And people are always talking about how great you are at doing little kid voices. And I'm wondering if there's like a specific age that you especially relate to, like how old is your inner child? Mm. Yeah, I mean, I'd say my inner child is about that age if I have an inner child. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, that's the age that I think a lot, like that's when that's the age where you start to like come into your own, like, yeah. uh, the, that's when like the idea, the concept of philosophy starts to happen to you. You don't understand mm-hmm. philosophy, but you understand like why things happen on Earth. Um, you start to get a grasp on reality. So yeah, I mean, especially in therapy, that's that's like the kid I talked to. My email a- avatar for a while was me like as Spider-Man pretending to be really really strong and that it was like 8 and like that's probably when I was like I was starting to hit hit that stride of like what what is everything. Um but I also I've always loved kids. I've always gotten along with them really really well. Uh, yeah me too um basically any age or not at all and we get in big fights um (laughs) really you get in fights with children (laughs) um (laughs) i don't know i think they're like i think i like i like if a kid is really violent like i would go like okay let's you know we can tussle a little bit and then like at my grandma's church when i was like 16 this woman had like like five boys and they were like two three four six eight that's it they were all they were just like this bunch of boys all within the similar age range and one of them was really violent and so if i played with one of them then the other one would join in and he and it would become a fight and then they would all 
scratch me and drag me and hold on to my legs and I wouldn't be able to walk. Um, so like by reaching out and trying to be like, hi, I, I would like to hang out with you, you kid. Cause I love hanging out with kids. <laughs> I ended up being attacked, but that's not the usual case. Most of the time. Just the time, with cats and some kids. Anything smaller than me. Um, they want to hurt me and that's okay because they need an outlet. No, but like, I, I, I always like love to hang out with my friends, kids. Cause like, I don't know. I just, all they want to do is to have fun all the time. And yeah. if I'm not tired, that's me too. So, mm -hmm. you know, if you're not tired, <laughs> <laughs> you they also have this innocence about them that I think that you also have Zach. Oh, shucks. And, you, know, you, you know, you have this, like everything, like this, a concept of, the world is actually good and you can see the good in people Yeah, and you try to see the good in people. And I think the kids also bring that out in you. Yeah. I at least yeah. see the good in people when I'm in front of them. I think I get really, really angry at the world. <laughs> so you're half right because humanity I'm in front of someone. I try to go like, I am trying to understand you and I want to be present with you. But I, if I am like alone and <laughs> thinking about how the terrible misdeeds that men and sometimes women, but mostly men have done historically, then I really have trouble trusting people. But yes, but like, I, I think I can connect with a kid because like, they don't know anything. It mm -hmm. must be such bliss to not. Yeah. Yeah. But as far as like doing like doing a kid voice, I, I mean, I, th I struggled with it for a while initially because I didn't want to just like, you don't want to just do this easily like, <laughs> like, cartoony, like yeah. anything. So it's like really like you don't lose like necessarily the, you know, the low end of your voice or anything. You just, I really, I have trouble explaining this and explaining like how to narrate in a woman's voice. It's, I, yeah. you just kind of have to just be them. Don't try and sound like them, you know? Yeah. yeah. Do you think of a particular kid ever or like, are you doing you as a kid? Do you think sometimes I mean a little bit it's usually like you know a lot of the times when I'm doing this it's uh, like narrating other characters it's a composite because mm -hmm. like if you're just sitting there reading for hours and hours like your mind will drift a bit so even if you are paying attention to what's on the page like a character whether it's a you know a lover or like a family member or whatever like they drift in and out of having the face of someone you've seen before or multiple faces, you know? Um, mm -hmm. So like, as long as it's, uh, as long as you're it. <laughs> Escape again. Yes, I don't understand. It's official, she has a ghost. <laughs> the ghost uh -oh. and the cat. This is insane. Look at the pussy, I'll, put him away. I'm gonna, I'll put him in the, do you want to take another break? I can put him in a... Um, yeah, we'll talk about you again. Don't worry. <laughs> okay. Well, you are recording this, so I will demand... Never boring with <laughs> Can that be the introduction? Oh, my God. <laughs> so how's your writing coming along? Moi? Um, it's uh, kind, <laughs> of, kind of not. I, I, I finally started doing an outline. I realized, like... I, I, that was going to be one of my questions. Yes. I... You can go ahead and ask it so I can explain it. <laughs> 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 no. 
Well, Are you a planter or a pastor? How was it? <laughs> a pantser or an, an outliner or pantser. You probably started as a as a seat of your pantser, and yeah. then you realize that you're not going to oh. get anywhere unless well, you, you asked and answered the question. That's it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really good at this. <laughs> um, yeah. It, that's exactly what happened. I, I like started writing cause I had had an idea in my head for, you know, 40,000 years and finally started just put wow. down. He's old. I'm so Cretaceous. I, um, <laughs> but I, uh, then I realized like, oh, this is going to be too insane. I understand how obviously this is going to be too difficult. Um, I understand how difficult it is for other people. Um, my mom is big about when she writes, she's like very much an outliner and a note taker and a post-it haver around the computer. Oh my God. She's got everything all just on display if she's writing. Yeah, me too. Um, but yeah, so I, what I need is like a, a, a somewhere to sketch things out and like write, literally write. Um, or else I think I kind of lose the virility of it. Um, uh, the essence of what it is. Cause like being on a computer is not my. So you're handwriting. I'm not handwriting the thing, but I'm okay. handwriting the outline now. Yeah, no, no, no. I get it. I actually love switching back and forth between like writing in a journal and, uh, and also because it's, it's like you, you're doing a second draft when you go from <clears throat> writing uh, in a notebook and typing it up. Yeah. I mean, not that maybe you're not going to type up your outline, but. You probably should. Okay. Okay. I'll think about it. I, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, it's weird. Cause like, I love, uh, you know, reading other people's scripts and editing and like picking, picking things apart. But when it's my own stuff, it makes me want to die. So I, that's something. Analyzing what you've written. You mean? Yeah. Well, yes. Um, analyzing, but then like compartmentalizing really. <clears throat> Um, okay. uh, that's where I'm going to struggle and I know it's going to be hard, but I have to kind of push through, but that's the stage I'm at. I wrote a couple chapters and then I was like, bye in December. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was, it was very bold of you to just announce that you're writing a book on your Facebook page the morning that you decided to start writing a book. And I was like, curious, did you do that? So people would hold you accountable or is it just your instinct to post it, things like that on social probably media? Probably both. I don't know. <laughs> yes. It's, it's, it's definitely an accountability thing. It's definitely like a, okay, they're probably going to be, you know, at least dozens of people who are going to be like, where is it? So I'm yeah. gonna... <laughs> What's it about? <laughs> well, what is it about? It about? Is it, are you is getting it, it, it is um, going to be romance. Yes. Um, so it's, post-apocalyptic romance <laughs> yes i think it's i didn't mean to say it like that by the way <laughs> i feel like you don't mean to say a lot of things you say in the way you say them. already know that um, i would say i would say that it's not post-apocalyptic romance it's a it's post-apocalyptic and it's romance you know what i mean like it's gonna, okay. it's gonna i'm not sh entirely sure yet but there it's like definitely gonna be a dystopian thriller that has a love story big time. Oh. you know what i mean wow yeah so that's the story that's been living inside of you for 40,000 40, years 
a long time. It wasn't that. It was like months, months and months where I was like, that would, <laughs> I was like, that would be a cool thing to do. It was like pandemic months, it. which felt like 40,000 years. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I was finally just like, just do it. Just fucking do it. And it was, you know, December. So no work was happening and just mm. sitting here with a computer and like making bad songs. So I was like, what if I did something that I kind of know how to do already? <laughs> um, yeah. And I think that is a great place to stop for the moment. This episode is very funny and we went very long, so much so that we actually have enough material for two full episodes. So we're going to be cutting it short here and then you can come back on Friday, April 16th for part two of the It's Never Boring with Katie Loring with guest Zachary Weber. Until next time, happy listening. A heartfelt thank you to all of our audiobook loving podcast Patreon. Special thanks to Jen Franklin, Brittany Cottingham, Leanne Schwartz, Christy Reitz, Chrissy Font, Rhonda Pezzarello, Evelyn Clarisi, Michelle DaCosta, Michelle Bestard, Farah Blair, Candice Platel, Carol Liebner, Bethany Crane, Teresa Martin, Jennifer Mirabelli, Kaylee Loring, Victoria Butler, Rula Hart, Carrie Wallace, Brittany Robinette Leiter, Don Darsh, Valerie Wall, Sarah McQueen, and Lena Black Pedersen. The Audiobook Lovin' Podcast has special Patreon access levels. Join today to receive early access to podcast episodes, exclusive content with our guests, and much more. Support the podcast by becoming a Patreon at www.patreon.com forward slash audiobooklovin'. We thank you for your support. Oh, good. You made it to the end. Thank you for joining us for our special series of It's Never Boring with Kaylee Loring on the Audiobook Lovin' Podcast, hosted by Viviana Enchantress of Books. For links and more info about today's episode or the Audiobook Lovin' series, visit VivianaEnchantressOfBooks.com. Please consider leaving a review whenever you listen to the podcast if you enjoyed today's episode. Until next time, happy listening.